I want to share with you now that I'm at a place where I'm starting to rewrite that narrative and wealth is starting to be normalized in my life and I'm starting to earn more and more money and feel good about it. I want to share with you, looking back, some of the tips that I have for how to start to improve your money mindset and what I think got me from that shy, embarrassed place to now feeling worthy of wealth and worthy of the things that I desire. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of She Leads First. You guys, I have a story that I want to share with you today that was inspired by a flight I took to go see my friend who lives in Chicago. It was her bachelorette party this last weekend, and I decided that I was going to fly myself out there first class for the first time ever. It was my first time ever being in first class. So it felt like a really exciting experience. And while I was sitting on my flight to Chicago, I sat next to somebody that gave me one of those experiences, one of those moments where I just sat back and I really appreciated how far I've come. And specifically, this interaction made me appreciate how far I've come with my money mindset and my worthiness, the feeling of worthiness that I have when it comes to earning and receiving money because I did not always feel this way. And to be honest, I feel like there's a lot of it that I'm still continuously working on. But like I said, this experience just made me realize that I have made a lot of progress. And so I want to share the story with you of what happened. And then I want to share with you a little bit of of how I, looking back, made the progress from where I was back in the day to where I feel like I am now. So as I was sitting on my plane ride to Chicago, in first class, I had just gotten a glass of champagne, which I didn't know. First time flyer here, first class. I didn't know they give you free alcohol. And Little Miss used to coach me, thought that was pretty cool. I'm not even a big drinker, but it just felt bougie from the get-go. So I had a glass of champagne specifically because I wanted to anchor in this moment. Even booking the flights was an experience for me because as I sat down to book my trip to Chicago, I had this realization of, oh my gosh, I can afford first class. I'm so used to when I go to book flights feel like I'm already going to contract at the prices because that was my experience for so long. For so many years, I've lived in Los Angeles now for, I believe, seven years, and my family lives in the Midwest. They live in Wisconsin. There were many, many years. In fact, the majority of those years, I couldn't even afford to fly to go home for major holidays like Christmas and Thanksgiving. And so I'm used to contracting when it comes to go and book flights. But this time when I was looking, I just had this beautiful moment where I was like, "Ah, you don't have to fly coach. 
Now, do I think that most of the time first class tickets are ridiculously priced? Yes. And will I continue to fly coach? Most likely. But it was so cool that I could. I could fly first class and didn't have to choose coach. So already I was in a state of appreciation when it came to this flight. And then when they came around and they asked if I wanted anything to drink, I was like, you know what? Give me a glass of champagne so I can anchor this in. And as I was sitting there sipping on my champagne, the man next to me who looked about my age, he turned to me and he started chatting. And I always meet really cool people on my way out from LA. So I'm always very open to chatting, even though a lot of times you guys, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to keep to myself. But for some reason, every time I fly out of LA, I meet a really cool person. So I'm open to it. And so him and I struck up conversation and we ended up chatting for the entire flight. And we learned a lot about each other, as you do when you talk to somebody on a long plane ride. And what ended up being revealed was that his family are legacy members at a very wealthy and prestigious country club in Los Angeles. And this happens to be a country club that I used to waitress at. And waitressing there was a very interesting experience. There is a lot of interesting things and interesting stories that happen when you are in an establishment with old money and that kind of privilege. And my experience being part of the wait staff there was very confusing. Confusing in the sense of understanding my place in the world, or particularly with it being a old money and old school establishment. There was a big sense of division, as there are at most country clubs, if I'm being honest. This wasn't the first country club I worked at. My first job ever was at a country club back in the Midwest. But there is this big sense of division between the guests and the help. You're really in that mentality when you work, especially, I mean, most serving jobs are like this, but particularly in the country club setting where you are the help and you're there to be seen but not heard and most times not even seen, right? You're just supposed to get in there, be quiet, do your job, make sure everybody's happy and get out. And so at that time when I was working there, I remember just starting to feel like there was a big division between me and the wealthy. And there was this separation and this rift between us that I didn't feel like I would ever be able to reconcile, that it was always going to be a difference between me over here on the quote unquote poor side and everybody else over there on the rich side. And I could get close to wealth, but I would never be a part of it. And whether that was my own brain making me feel like that when I work there or external circumstances and of other people's opinions that I felt like I internalized, whatever it was, that's how I left that job feeling. I can get close in proximity to wealth, but it will never be mine. And I can be in the room with wealth, but I will not be the wealthy. And when I'm in those rooms, people don't want to hear my opinions. People don't want to hear what I have to say. People don't want to see me. I can be there and I can observe, but it's not for me. And it left a really big impression on me, leaving that establishment. And I carried it with me into future jobs. I carried it with me into my last, most previous job that I left. If you've ever heard me talk about this before, this was when I worked for Chris and Lori Harder, who are two amazing entrepreneurs. They 
used to be very deep in the coaching space. They still are, but their businesses are evolving now into new and exciting ventures, which is so cool to see. But when I worked for them, they worked with coaches of all ranges and we would host these in-person events and we would host retreats and we would host high-end couples retreats. And I would be in the room, just like at that country club, with some incredibly wealthy, incredibly powerful people. People who had wealth that I had never even thought was possible. I was in such close proximity to them. And at that job, ironically, they wanted to speak to me. But what I observed through the years of working for them was I never felt worthy of having conversations with those individuals. I noticed how I felt like rushed to get out of every conversation. How I'd feel like I wanted to be a wallflower and I didn't want anybody to look at me and I didn't want anybody to talk to me because I didn't feel worthy of those conversations because they were part of the wealthy and I was part of the poor. I was still the help. I carried 100% that mentality that I had from working at the country club, which really wasn't my thought on wealth, but it was what I internalized and what I carried with over into this position where I actually had a chance to be in the room and be a valued member of the room, but I was too afraid to take it because of my old conditioning. And as I was sitting on the plane talking to this man whose family were members at this country club, and he was a member at the country club, which you guys, the dues at this country club are insane. It's so quote unquote expensive. Expensive is relative, of course, but it's multiple six figures just to pay your initiation fee, or at least it was when I worked there. In fact, it's probably gone up, if we're being honest, with today's inflation. So as I was talking to him, I felt just just for a half second, a little tinge of wanting to shrink down, which was such a contrast to what I was feeling just a moment prior sipping my champagne, appreciating how I was at a place in my business where I could afford to fly first class. And just one little comment from him and recognition of this place that I used to work snapped me back into a memory for just a half second where I thought, I don't deserve to be talking to this person. Everything I said to this man is now invalidated because he knows I'm poor. That's what I felt. Not true, but that's what I felt. But because I have come such a long way and because I've done conscious work on this belief, this incorrect belief that I had internalized that I don't deserve to be in close proximity to wealth and have it be mine and be around wealthy people and be somebody that they want to speak to, because I've done the work and I've done a lot of work to rewrite this. In that moment where we started talking about this country club and how he was a member there and how he loved playing golf there and how he felt it was worth the investment, even though, yeah, it was a lot. I looked at him and I said to him with a big smile on my face and so proudly, oh my gosh, I used to work there. And I saw a little bit of confusion go over his face. <laughs> and he was like, what do you, what do you mean? What did you do there? And I said, oh, I was the wait staff. And he didn't comment on it much. I don't know what that meant to him. I don't know what he thought about it, but I just, I didn't care. I was proud of how far that I've come. 
I know now that I am so far out of that version of me where I would have been embarrassed to say that, that I was proud to let him know. And I was confident enough to share that with him and not be afraid if he had any judgments towards me around it. And you guys, he probably didn't. That's the thing. We always think things are worse and that people are thinking about us when they're not. But having that experience, I've been reflecting on it since how cool it is that I've come this far. And if you resonate with any pieces of the story and any pieces of those feelings of, I don't deserve wealth, wealthy people are separate from me. Wealth is something I will never have. Maybe I can get close to it, but I can never touch it, taste it, feel it. I understand. And I know what it's like to be there. And I want to share with you now that I'm at a place where I'm starting to rewrite that narrative and wealth is starting to be normalized in my life and I'm starting to earn more and more money and feel good about it. I want to share with you, looking back, some of the tips that I have for how to start to improve your money mindset and what I think got me from that shy, embarrassed place to now feeling worthy of wealth and worthy of the things that I desire. First and foremost, what we need to do to start improving our money mindset and improving our wealth mindset and how we're thinking about these things is acknowledge that something's off in the first place. And your clues that something is off, the clues that you've internalized a belief that isn't beneficial to you is typically something feels funny. Typically, something's going to feel a little funny. Something's going to feel a little off. You're going to feel a resistance when you find yourself in certain situations where you could expand, but you feel like you're contracting instead. It could be feelings of anger. It could be feelings of imposter syndrome. It could be feelings of unworthiness. The first thing we have to do is acknowledge those feelings so we can find the pattern. If you've read any books on habits and habit building, you're probably aware of the really interesting fact that our personalities are basically just the summation of our habits. And habits aren't just the things that we do every day. They're also our habits of thought, our patterns of thought that we have internalized. And that's what we're looking for here is what habit of thinking do I have around money and around wealth that isn't beneficial to me? Because when we can start to pinpoint of, I have a habit of thinking this thought, I have a habit of acting on this internalized belief, what is that internalized belief? When we can identify it, when we can acknowledge it in the moment, that's when we can start to rewrite it. Just acknowledging the belief or the mindset on its own can already start to make an improvement of it because first things first, we have to become aware. We can't solve a problem that we don't know is there. So the first thing that you can do is get curious. What is it that you've internalized? What is it that you're believing? I just listed out for you a few of the beliefs that I had around wealth and worthiness and how it showed up for me in feelings. You can do a little bit of journaling, just free write and see what comes out when you think about your beliefs around money, when you think about your beliefs around wealth. And if you feel like you are able to build it for yourself, do you? Why or why not? What comes up? Just write it out and see what happens. Because once we do that, we can acknowledge what the beliefs are. And like I said, once we can acknowledge it, we can keep an eye out for it in the moment. So this is step number two to improving your money mindset. After we acknowledge it, after we know what the beliefs are that are limiting and aren't benefiting us, we want to start to interrupt that pattern of thought in the moment. 
And this is something that takes practice. It's not something that you're instantly going to shift. It's something where you need to see the pattern happening, give yourself a moment to choose differently than the reactive state that we're usually in, and choose to anchor in something new instead. So to make this a little more tangible, how this has happened for me in the past is I will find myself in a situation that triggers an old money mindset that triggers a limiting belief. And I notice I start to shut down or I start to feel a certain way, or I start to say to myself, well, I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. Once I'm aware of, and I have acknowledged my patterns that I'm trying to rewrite, I have an opportunity to observe what's happening by paying attention to my feelings of, okay, I feel like I'm shutting down again. I feel like I'm pulling forward an old belief around money that I want to rewrite. And when I feel that start to happen, I give myself a moment. I take a deep breath and I say, okay, this is happening. I observe this. I observe how this is showing up in my body right now. And I understand that my reaction is I want to go run and hide, or I want to say I can't do this, or I want to not talk to this person in front of me who I think is amazing and an expander for me and is has a ton of wealth for themselves, and I would love to learn from them and talk to them, but I feel like I want to go run and hide in the corner. I take a deep breath. And that deep breath gives me the pause that I need to choose differently to not go into my reactive state and run into the corner and try to get out of the conversation as fast as possible. Just having that moment, that pattern interrupt where I witnessed what was going on in my brain and then I gave myself a moment to take a deep breath and choose differently to center myself back and say, okay, you don't want to go from the reactive state. What do you want to do instead? That has helped me start to rewrite these patterns. Because the last step of this process happens after that pause. It happens in what you do instead of going into the reactive state. It's the next action that you choose. Because doing the action from a conscious decision-making place gives you the opportunity to choose a different outcome, to choose a different feeling, to do something against that pattern in favor of the new belief that you want to anchor in, that you are worthy of what you want to receive, that you do deserve to be in the room. Whatever it is for you around your money mindset and your wealth, whatever situation you find yourself in that's triggering in, that next action that you take is an opportunity to give yourself evidence for the new belief instead of anchoring in the old one by moving from a reactive place. So in the example of speaking to somebody who really inspires me and has a lot of wealth and who I want to learn from, anchoring in the belief that I am worthy to be in those conversations, for me, it might look like taking a deep breath when I'm in that conversation and I feel myself wanting to exit it and go sit in the back of the room. Taking a deep breath. For me, I like to kind of open up my energy physically. So roll my shoulders back, stand tall, good posture so that I'm open and I'm not already closing myself down. That helps me kind of stand in this new belief and stand in this new energy that I'm trying to anchor in instead. And instead of running and hiding, just continuing, reminding myself, hey, I am worthy to be here and I'm going to have this conversation in a way that feels really good to me. So whatever it is, whatever pattern you're interrupting, give yourself a chance to practice operating from your new paradigm, operating from your new belief. 
And it's going to feel uncomfortable the first time that you do it. It's going to feel uncomfortable for many times that you do it. But it's because we're literally rewiring our brains. And the more you practice doing this, first being aware of what's going on, acknowledging when the trigger comes up, giving yourself a moment, a deep breath, a pattern interrupt second to choose differently than reactivity, to choose a conscious action instead of what your brain has been programmed to do, that helps you anchor in whatever the belief is that you want to carry forward, that you want to rewrite it into. The more that we do this, the more we give ourselves and our brains evidence to support the new belief. So if previously my belief with the example that we're working with was I'm not worthy of being in close proximity and in conversations with people who have a lot of wealth because I'm not one of them. The more I practice holding my own in those conversations and showing up to them instead of shrinking away, the more I'm affirming for my brain and giving it evidence to support the belief that I am worthy of being in those conversations, that people do want to hear what I have to say, that I can be close to wealth and have wealth, whatever it is, right? But it takes practice. The belief isn't going to be rewired overnight. So you have to anchor down and you have to tell yourself, even if it's uncomfortable, I'm going to practice this because this is how I retrain my brain. Okay. It's not easy, you guys. I'm going to be the first to let you know it's not easy. It takes time. So give yourself grace around it, but know that if you commit to this process, of being an active participant in the beliefs that you are upholding and choosing better when you notice something coming up in your energy that you don't like, the better and better things get and the easier and easier it's going to be for you to step into a mindset of abundance, for you to really create any type of life that you desire because this works outside of just money beliefs as well. But you have to start practicing retraining your brain. All right, you guys. That's it for today's episode. Give yourself grace when it comes to retraining your brain and retraining your money mindset. It takes time. It takes practice, but you've got this. I love you and I'll see you back in the next episode. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213 606 
888-888-3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this Inner Circle Daily Text List. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.